Hello, it's Thursday the 10th of March 2022 and welcome to today's episode of Chris Talks Music. I'm your host Chris Hallam and I'll be speaking to Salvation Jane who've just released their debut LP A Mouthful of Magnificent Spite. It came out on the February the 18th 2022. It's an expression of dark matter exploring themes of narcissism, toxic relationships and the struggles with mental illnesses. It's an absolute bombastic oral affair and I spoke with the bassist of the band Dan Lucas who went into further detail about the themes, the tones, the production and also the thinking behind much of the songs across the album so buckle up, get yourself a nice brew, do make sure you brew it for a suitable amount of time and enjoy. I am Dan Lucas and I am the bass player in Salvation Jane um, and actually I'm I'm also a producer so I, I produce all of our tracks and record them and mix them as well. Nice I've just been listening to your um is is this your this is your debut LP isn't it a mouthful of magnificent spite? It is yeah yeah it's our first album. It came out last month 18th of February did, almost yeah. a month ago. That's right. Uh, how have you found it? How how's how's things been since it released? Great, actually. We um, I mean, obviously, you never know what to expect with this kind of thing. But I mean, we're proud of it. But when it's your own music, you sort of um, you think, well, I don't know. Like we th- we like it, but what's everyone else going to think? And it's been overwhelmingly positive. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, we're still getting messages now, like a month later from people that are like, oh, I've just heard it. And um, yeah, it seems to it seems to appeal to a lot of different people into different music as well. Like there's quite a lot of influences um, crowbarred in there. Yeah. What are, what are the influences for this album then? Oh, they, it, they're really varied, but they span from um, things like Wolf Alice, um, Paris and bands like that through to Queens of the Stone Age and Deftones and then there's some Cure and Killing Joke influences in there you know a lot of the drums are influenced by a lot of hip-hop drummers we've all got very different music tastes so when it's kind of well I think it's worked out well because you know we have everyone at our gigs from people in Slayer t-shirts to people that listen to Paramore or are into more sort of pop stuff so yeah it's it's a very mixed bag but it all comes together and it all blends really well actually i mean with the the kind of your big dark instrumentals and um the kind of the big voice of chess really is it chess yeah yeah chess smith yeah she's the lead singer so um yeah i mean it's it doesn't mess about, does it? It goes straight into it with that first song, Apathetic Apologies, which the video yeah. just went onto YouTube recently, didn't it? That's right, yeah. Ago. Yeah, I watched it earlier. It's really good, actually. It's, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, in, it's inspired a bit by uh, The Beautiful People by Marilyn Manson. Like, we kind of took some ideas from that for the video. Um but yeah, I mean, it, that's the, it's difficult isn't it? With, with an album, knowing how to start it. And, you know, do you have a really slow, big sort of brooding 
intro maybe that maybe for album too <laughs> we'll do that but yeah with this one we just thought you know what we're going to have it just a hard hitting you know that you hear a bit of us messing around at the start and then then it just kicks in and instantly there's like a big pop hook as well and we figured that would be the best way to go for album one I mean, if you were ever to question the capability or even the vocal capacity of Chess, I think she answers it really in the first minute and a half of the song, doesn't she? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, um... yeah she, we're quite fortunate that she, she is, she's literally a world-class singer. Well, she's got a fantastic voice, yeah, a great set of pipes on her. And yeah. Um, it's, yeah, there's just like this... Um, confidence that kind of spews forth immediately from the outset, um, whether that is from the vocals or whether that's the rest of yourselves playing and the the other layers that you kind of add to the track. But at the same time, it's kind of about um, the hold of anxiety, isn't it? And how it can be, I guess, crippling and comes at unfortunate and random times, I guess. That's right. And we've all suffered from it at some some point. Um but yeah, I mean, again, like we're, um, yeah, we we wanted it just to kind of grab people by the throat and, um, you know, like to say it's the first thing people are going to hear. So we just thought, you know, let's just go in and ha- something hard hitting and with a subject that most people can relate to as well. Yeah, it's like an un- unapologetic kind of assault on things like narcissism and toxic relationships and uh, perpetual battles. And especially in the case of yourselves as a collective, your perpetual battles with the likes of mental illness and, Mm. and so on. And um, it kind of, um, I mean, with the song um, diadem, is that, is that correctly pronounced there? That one. Uh, um, Yeah. Yeah. That's um that's a good that's a good one um i mean she kind of threw me with the uh, the line where she goes give this queen her effing crown uh, and i was like well What's her favorite line <laughs> yeah do you know what What's i wouldn't be surprised what was that sorry that that is her favorite line on the album <laughs> well that lyric it's um it is. It's a, a kind of riposte to anyone that kind of won't really give women their, their flowers. And, oh, definitely. Yeah, and it, it is a it's an expression of um, female empowerment. Mm. So, yeah, it's a, I mean, it's like kind of it carries on with like cut the woman some oh, slack for the stuff yeah. she's put up with. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it is, and then you've got the um the possibly quite controversial song, No Antidote, a middle finger to COVID. <laughs> I was... Yeah. Um, well, that's the thing. It's like, I think, you know, like, Chess is a great lyric writer and I, I kind of feel like there's a lot of bands out there where the lyrics are these kind of throwaway things. And, you know, certainly for me, and probably the rest of us, like, the lyrics can really make or break a song and... Um, people seem to be that's why we've got a lyrics book in the album sleeve because obviously a lot of people don't put that in but we felt that they were such so strong and they were so current and you know given what's going on in the world today that 
we thought well people will probably like to read these and there's something that speaks to everybody you know whether they're uh male or female or, or, or anything else like it's um there's there's something in there that everyone can relate to yeah absolutely it's um it is it's um it's very much an inclusive affair over the course of 52 minutes um at least in my experience of having listened to it i mean i've listened to apathetic apologies about four times this afternoon so um, i just kind of used it to kind of yell into the void uh yeah 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 it's it's nice it's a it's a good one but um on no antidote i quite like it because the sentiments around um the fact that when covid the pandemic was fully underway and entertainers and artists of in various yeah. realms of the industry they were expected to well understandably were expected to kind of stop doing their day-to-day work but then yeah. basically they wanted to reduce creatives down which they've yeah. systematically tried to do for so many years anyways to yeah. putting aside their craft and your craft um, yeah. to do something else and it was uh, if anything it's been a quite a, a demeaning time to be a creative I, I guess oh definitely yeah it has and you know obviously we all felt the brunt of it and you know several of us our full-time job is something music related anyway um, and um, so yeah we felt that pretty hard and um, you know again there's um yeah, there was something that went round about people having to learn new trades or something like that. And um, I think that's what Chess's lyric was about, where she says, dive in and unlearn in that song. Um, um, yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> we've covered everything, I think, that was kind of going on in the world at that time, because that that album was written, I would say, between 2019 and the end of 2020 like, i think we've in fact no antidote was the final song that we wrote for that album and that was finished in about november 2020 um, yeah. so yeah we kind of covered most things within that time pe- that happened within that time period and and then lots of other stuff as well how did you find it personally that whole period of um it was okay for me. Like I, I was quite fortunate in terms of um, government grants for small businesses and things like that. So financially, I was fine. It, I, it was more just sort of boredom. Um, I had to, I, I work in my studio full time, so I had to close for three months. I couldn't have any clients here. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would say the initial period. I think a lot of people actually enjoyed the first part of the first lockdown because it was kind of like, oh, this is new. And, um, you know, after a couple of months, people really started suffering. And um, but, yeah, I was actually all right here. Um, And, um, yeah, I know some of the other band members not weren't so much. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're all glad we were relieved when we could start rehearsing again. And, you know, we did get some writing done, like apathetic apologies. Um, the, the main bulk of that was written during that first lockdown period. And um, and I think, um, what else did we write during the first? 
Diadem, no, Diadem was written beforehand. Um, oh, um, no, Cylinders, wasn't it? Maybe it was, um, oh no, it's Paveglia. So Paveglia, the last song, and Apathetic Apologies, the first song, were both written um, in that lockdown. I think everything else was written either before or after. It's quite understandable that Paveglia was written during that time, though. Um, like you said, the first <laughs> lockdown was... Um, a blessing and a curse for many of us because it yeah. gave so many people the opportunity, probably for the first time in their lives, um, to take their foot off the pedal and stop going yeah. full throttle at life and just yeah. um, pause and appreciate what was going on. And because there were so few cars driving around and things like that, we really got yeah. to experience and appreciate what was around us. I mean, yeah. If you weren't buying hot tubs and bottle loads of Prosecco and things like that, like quite a few people <laughs> were doing um, with yeah. their own and with the parties and so on. But um, I yeah. mean, we found out later on that that was kind of a, a whole nationwide thing, wasn't it? Particularly in our government, but the less said about yeah. them, the better. But um, yeah. well, and then, well, that's the thing. I'm sure that we could have crammed some lyrics in about that if we'd um, if we'd got to it in time. But um, that'll be a future Salvation Jane lyric. I'm, I'm sure the party will be mentioned somewhere. <laughs> well, I think they kind of deserve what they get, really, when it comes to yeah. that. It's, uh, I mean, look depending on when you begin working on that second LP, it's like they, they might still be investigating it. So who knows? Uh, yeah. It's it's um, it's one of those things that we kind of just have to wait around and see for. But um, back to Paveglia, it was um, after the first lockdown and then we went into the multiple other lockdowns and the, the impact of it was hitting in a variety of different ways, especially in our ability to intermingle with people socially and just to have the touch of people. Um, many of us found it difficult in a variety of different ways. And I yeah. think um, a song like Paveglia, which kind of is a softer side, um, shows the softer side of the, the band. And um, it's a love story, isn't it, about the two people yeah. who suffer from depression and their feelings of isolation before being able to come together and find peace with one another. Yeah, they they sort of find solace on, uh, or they feel at home on that island, which is, well, some people say it's one of the most, it's one of the most haunted places in the world. But I mean, whether you believe in all that stuff or not, regardless of that, it is a place where a lot of sadness has happened like and it's you know it's a, a very sad de deserted place now and um so yeah it's about them finding solace being there yeah. and um feeling like they're somewhere where they're understood absolutely i mean for the listeners um paveglia is a it's a small island between venice and lido in the venetian lagoon of northern italy it's a a small canal separates the island into two different parts and it it was used for more than 100 years as a, a quarantine station for those who suffered from the plague and other various diseases and ailments. And then there was also later a, a mental hospital, which we now call a psychiatric hospital. So it was very much the, um, the embodiment of isolation in a way, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, definitely. And 
you know a lot of people died there and a lot of people were just kind of chucked in the ground and they burned a lot of the plague victims on that island it's only a small island as well um but yeah it's it's a, a an awful lot of sadness has occurred there yeah it's shame isn't it because you look at the pictures of the island and it's so beautiful and quaint yeah. but then it also has this horrendous historical taint inadvertent poem yeah. there but um yeah it's um when you kind of take that away from it and it's there's there's quite um a depth to that um that yeah. um and especially emotively and the feelings that it evokes i'm sure people will empathize with so um yeah. how did you find the um the whole the recording and the production process of the album then um we had a great time and in, in fact we were this time a year ago we were at Rockfield like we went on the 7th of March and I think we came back on the 14th um it's Chess's birthday today actually so this time a year ago we were at Rockfield eating cake and um <laughs> having having a little break from the album recording so that she could celebrate her birthday but um but yeah it it was an amazing experience we did um we recorded the drums all of the main guitars, the keys, and the lead vocal at Rockfield. Um, I wasn't worried about recording my bass there because I was producing the session anyway there. Um, and then we came back here. I'll, I'll show you to my studio. I don't know if you can see that. Yeah, I can. So Dan's just given us a little pan of the studio. That's a great sound desk. So that is, um, so this is where we then recorded the bass and the backing vocals and all of the additional samples and extra guitar layers and stuff like that. But I mean, I'd say, I think from when it started, I think it was about four months, including mixing and mastering and stuff like that, of, of gradual, um, Chess and I spent a lot of evenings in this studio trying out backing vocal ideas and adding bits of percussion and um, things like that. But it was a great, it was, um, it, it was just nice to be able to actually be getting the album done like after years and years of talking about it. Um, it was just lovely to be able to actually see it start because you'd picture it and think, oh, I wonder how it's going to sound and how this song's going to come across and what ideas we're going to have. So to see it start taking shape was just uh, really re rewarding. And we're all really proud of it. I don't think there's anything that any of us would change about it at this stage. Oh, good. Yeah, I think it's um, taken as a whole. I do think it's um, it's a nice package in the end. And um, yeah. I mean, even if you pull out the odd random song as well, I do think it works on, on its own merit. But um, as a cohesive yeah. finished product, yeah, it's great. It's a, it's a really interesting album. And um, I'm sure that um, once you, when do you begin your tour? Uh, we began it actually about 10 days ago. Yeah. But it's, it's broken up so we can come back home in between dates. Um, but we're supposed to be continuing with the dates starting tomorrow. But unfortunately, Chess and Holly have both got COVID. Yeah, I saw um, that on Twitter. Yeah, so we've had to um, we've had to cancel Friday and Saturday shows, and then we pick them up next week in Liverpool and Sheffield. Yes. Um, 
So yeah. Good. Well, I mean, it's it's um, there are obviously continual kind of setbacks, but um, I guess it's the nature of the beast in this new world that we're kind of encountering as we try and return to some form of normality. But you'll well, be at the. It's going to take a while. It will, yeah. So that would have been um, the joiners in Southampton and the Black Prince in Northampton, wouldn't it? That's right, yeah. And then next week you'll be at the Arts Club in Liverpool and then at Record Junkie in Sheffield as well, which um, yeah. I've been reliably informed is a really lovely space. I've not actually had the chance to go there yet because the other gigs that were going on there, they clashed with other ones that I was attending. So unfortunately I wasn't yeah. able to actually make it. And yeah. when you're performing which is next Saturday, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I'll be in Newcastle then. So, oh. yeah, no, sod's law, isn't it? But, mm. um, yeah, it's it's a shame, really. But, um, I mean, I mean, you've already got a listener in me anyways. I think it's a, a fantastic album, and the critics oh, seem you. to think so as well, don't they? Yeah, I mean, so far, it's it's been overwhelmingly positive. So, um that's the thing. I mean, we, we've tried to just make it like a, a proper album that takes you on a journey. And I've always liked albums like that rather than just bang, here's 10 of our songs. Like yeah. that's why we've put all the skits in between and little uh, samples and bits and pieces like that. You know, by the time you get to that end bit of Paveglia where the piano drops off, you feel like you've been through something. <laughs> yeah, well, I do. Anyway, well, I have. <laughs> Well, absolutely. It's, um, I mean, because there are so many things that are being discussed throughout that album that I think it, uh, it would be, yeah, you'd, you'd almost be denying the message that you all want to speak um, if you didn't take people on a journey. But it's also, even though there are themes like um, toxicity and narcissism and, um, depression and anxiety and um questioning of self and themes like that but then there's also the hope of um within isolation that we can find a solace so it does kind of like bring it back around to like even though we're dealing with all of these this plethora of emotions and different feelings that we don't normally quite know how to digest it's broken it all down and it's taken us through those things in an almost kind of an ep- empathetic orchestral delivery in yeah. a way. And then, and then it's gone, but there is hope and that's yeah. a nice way to end it. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it certainly sounds like you've listened to it in depth as well. Like it's nice that people are actually, you know, we've had a few messages from people that have really studied the lyrics or listened to things in detail on headphones and stuff like that and kind of discovered all these things in and, and made their own interpretations of things as well. Yeah. It's nice that people aren't just playing it and going, oh, yeah, that was good. Well, that's the thing. I think it's... Um... I think people listen to things in so many different ways now. Majority of the time, people will listen to things via their mobile phones at first. And if we're fortunate enough, we'll maybe um, use earphones. And if people are more into their music, maybe they'll turn into using a decent pair of headphones. And then for me, it's like I'll listen to it on my computer and then I'll listen to it on 
and I've got a MacBook, so you've got decent speakers on there, but then I'll listen to it through headphones. And then for me, the if I want to continue listen to it further, I'll, I'll take it downstairs and then I'll, I'll I'll put it on my sound system. And then you kind of have the nice audio scape around you. And I think that's a really nice way to kind of unpick things. But it's also like I speak to all sorts of people about music and I'm not professing to be some like connoisseur of music and things like that. I just like to listen to new things and um, and explore different realms of creativity that people and these ideas that people come up with. And I'm fortunate enough to have them share with me and then and then kind of like question it, but not necessarily in a critical way, just in a kind of trying to understand things more, really. I think I think that's an, a nice way of, of doing things. I think sometimes we deconstruct things. I oh, like, like to say the lyrics, and it's. I think it's great that there's a lyric book with the CD. Do you remember that when that was actually just the regular thing? It was the done yeah. thing, and we'd you'd you'd go to the shop and you'd buy us buy a CD, and it was part of the ritual whereby you would unpeel the shrink wrap and um it's almost religious in a way and then you would make yeah. your way through the inlay of the um whether it was the lyrics book with the cd or with the cassette and you would listen to the songs at the same time and read the lyrics along and memorize them in some cases but then use it as a means of just trying to understand everything else that was going on or even take your own meaning from it and i feel yeah. we kind of lose that in streaming sometimes oh definitely yeah, yeah. So. Well, that's the thing. It's it, it's almost like a throwaway thing now, isn't it? An album comes out, and you're just like, oh yeah, I'll just check that out on Spotify, and that's it. We're living life as trends and memes, aren't we? We um, are, and unfortunately, it's a it's kind of like a throwaway culture, and yeah. there is so much out there that we just are bombarded with it like the internet is a yeah. wonderful tool for example and streaming services are great because it gives us access to millions of albums in the catalogs depending yeah. on which service you use but do people repeatedly listen to the same stuff or do they listen to something and then move on we don't know yeah and i, I think it's i always think it's really nice to listen to an album a number of times before moving on because there's probably things that I missed the first time around. First, yeah. I might listen to the lyrics um, or just be lost in the audio um, yeah. and then listen to the lyrics and unpick it layer by layer. And then, yeah, well, yeah, a lot of, um, and a lot of work goes into making an album. I mean, certainly our one, yeah. like, um, you know, it's out of respect for the artist. You know, if you're already into what they're doing anyway, like, it's good just to kind of really try and digest it as best you can. Yeah. I mean, you. it's not like you're, even though this is your debut album, you're not like brand new out of the blocks as a group, are you? You've been around for a few years already, haven't you? That's right. Yeah, we have. Um, yeah. Coney Island Baby, the debut. And then. Yeah, that was a single we put out. Yeah. Yeah. But then people were already talking positively about you at that time as well though weren't they you had like nice comments from the likes of Kerrang and um mm -hmm. bbc introducing as well um yeah. is, is great and it's um i think this is the beginning of something for you so well, i hope so yeah yeah 
it'll be good man we do kind of feel like not having an album might have been holding us back from i mean all those things were progressively moving forward we were kind of like look until we've got an album out we're sort of limited and um now that that's out there we we're hoping it's going to open up quite a few doors i will do because the thing is it's also when you sell cds and and vinyls and so on and and memorabilia and and whatnot at your gigs as well um people will have like an actual physical memory of yeah what you've what you've created and it almost becomes like um ornamental in its presence and i think when you have an album you kind of have something there that is it's it's permanent and it's a permanence that it creates and we don't you don't really have that from singles because you kind of have Mm -hmm. maybe the the lead single and maybe a b-side um which doesn't really happen on it kind of stopped mostly after cds didn't it and um so yeah it's um it'll be interesting where it goes but like Mm. i'd love i'd like to thank you so much for your time though dan it's been great featuring me <laughs> oh, not a problem at all I, I i wish you all the best with the rest of the tour and um i wishes okay. in terms of um chess and and who was it tour that has COVID? oh holly yeah. holly yeah so i hope they get well soon and it doesn't have any negative impacts on them or lasting impacts even and uh, that you can get back out on tour and kick some butt again but yeah good luck with okay. it and have a great time in sheffield thank you very much No worries. You take care. Have a great afternoon.